Well, tonight, before we begin, I wanted to mention something about uh, my son. He mentioned ordination. We've been talking about ordaining him um, to the ministry. I felt that in my heart uh, for, I guess, maybe a couple of years that I felt like the Lord was working in his heart and his life. Uh, and when I say the ministry, I'm talking about to be a formal teacher in the church, to be a, a preacher and teacher. It's a little bit of a strange thing because his family and uh, the church is not the place where you you'd like if it was a kingdom you'd have a king and then his son would reign and then his son would reign I mean, it would stay within the family lines but it's not that way in the ministry god is the one that appoints the people he's the one that uh, brings out their uh, the evidence of their lives but i felt that for some time and i've had people come up to me and and confirm that that they believe God's hand is on his heart and his life, uh, which I can't think of anything better for me because it's my son, and I'm very happy that God is working in his life. And uh, he's been ever since uh, I've known him, he's been very, very good, very faithful. There were times when we had to discipline him, but there were most of the time. No, seriously, he's been very, very good. And I'm very happy. Happy for his marriage. He's, the Lord's given him a good good sweetheart to, to help him keep him in mind. And, uh, but anyway, we're I'm talking about having a day in which um, we're gonna, I'm going to make up some questions. And if you have anything you want to ask him, you can give me some suggestions. But I would want to examine him. We want to hear about his conversion and testimony and ask questions publicly, so you can get to ask him and put him on the spot yeah. and see what he, what uh, you know, what you think. And just because it's really important, and we want to, we want the, God's direction. That's what we want. We are really asking God's will to be done. Yeah. And so uh, I'm not going to go into great details other than to say we have not set picked the date yet, but the plan is to have a time. I'm, uh, that we examine him uh, both privately and publicly. And then uh, the last, uh, we have two meetings, one meeting and then the second meeting, we'll have an ordination certificate for him will be signed and uh, we'll lay hands on both Pete and Dory. And by the way, if you have questions for Dory, write them out because we can ask her to put her on the spot. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and then oh, Bruce Walker said he'd come and preach to us at the next service. So that would be a real treat. Two well, services, two separate things. Yeah, two Not separate. all at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And we'll be here for like anyway, three hours. I, when? We don't have a date yet. Okay. So yes, if you have a date that definitely is not going to work, let me know if we can. You can't really go around and put out all the, the fires and everything at one time, but if you have something that you want to say about them, let me know. Okay. So uh, I've been thinking about now, uh, separate from that, what we've been doing, we're talking about this morning. Yeah. Yes, David. <clears throat> so just like, like not give a pastor a suggestion, but really pray about your questions, mm -hmm. think about them, write them out, you know, think about what you're writing. Be very detailed because you want to be detailed with the answers and then, and then give that to the pastor and he'll, or, or, you know, and he'll give it to Pete. Yeah, we and talk Pete that. and Dory, and then that way they can give you a detailed answer. You know? So. Whatever you want to ask. Within reason. Within reason. You don't have to. When, I was, when they were considering me a different church, one of the 
Well, big topics came up with you believe in speaking in tongues and stuff like that. That was one of the questions. So if you had questions like that, you can ask me. If you, you can talk to me and if you want to have any big questions. But David, I appreciate David doing that, saying that, because that tells me that you're serious about that. And you really want God's will to be done, and so do I. I we all do. This is God's work. It's God's family. And uh, it, it matters greatly what he thinks since he's the head of the church. And he's the one that appoints people to offices in the church and work in the church. It's his work. His name is on the line. His uh, testimony is a testimony that we want to lift up and exalt more than anything else. Uh, and so that's really important. That's anything else. All right, take your Bible and turn to Jeremiah 17, 9. Uh, one of my favorite passages that steps on my toes. And I just want to look at that one verse. You are familiar with the verse. And the reason we're doing it is because this morning we were introduced to the subject of the heart. And I thought that was a good subject. Um, what the scripture talks about, guard the affection of your heart. Uh, and the boy, that is really, really very important. Jeremiah 17, 9, the verse that comes to my mind very frequently, and you're, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, my translation, I'm reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, says the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick who can know it. And then the next verse, uh, I, Yahweh, search the heart, I test the innermost being, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Um, but that picture of the heart, I was looking at that, and I didn't really get a chance to look into it as deeply as I would like, but just to kind of go through, it's important for me in looking at a text to understand what the words mean. Uh, just It helps to clarify it in my mind. When he talks about the heart, he's talking about the capacity that uh, we have to reflect, uh, to remember things, um, the mind and what the mind can dwell on. And he's just saying there that our ability to, to think, uh, to reason, to make uh, rational or irrational decisions, that kind of ability, he said, he uses the word deceitful. That word is only two times in the Bible, in the New Testament, that it appears. And it's a really weird word it really is deceitful is not necessarily <clears throat> the best translation for it actually it's a hard word to translate um one translator talks about foot tracked uh it could refer to heel um and it could be in fact one translation gives the idea of being somewhat slippery and so what i have what i have um come up with and trying to see talk about that is that man's ability uh to reason and rationalize and to bring things into reflection is a kind of a slippery slope and it's not really something that is is really steadfast and dependable and stable all the time um i don't know if i can give an illustration of that i know that i sometimes will make a decision to go one direction and then turn around the bible talks about putting your hands to the plow looking back turn around and make a decision and then second guessing that decision and going a different way i think that's kind of what he's saying is that the heart is 
uh, has the capacity to do some kind of funny things uh, and is, I know that's kind of, kind of foggy, but it's just that the heart is just not, not, not solidly stable, but it has the capacity to vacillate and to be somewhat uh, unstable, maybe a little bit slippery. Uh, it's really if you can do your homework on the the word the etymology that word and come up with a better meaning, let me know. I'd like to know what it what uh, what it uh, talks about. Uh, and, and what you think about the only other place that that word is translated is in Hosea and if I can find that here Isaiah Jeremiah Lamentations Ezekiel Daniel Hosea Daniel there it is Hosea 6 8 um, the only other place this word is found in the old in the Bible really uh, okay there is a a discussion there about a call called with people a nation to repentance and the Lord is talking about Ephraim and uh, he, he says what shall I do with you O Judah back in verse 4 your loving kindness is like a morning cloud like the dew which goes away therefore I have hewn them in pieces by the prophets I have killed them by the words of my mouth and their and the judgments are on judgments on you are like light that goes forth for i delight in loving kindness rather than sacrifice and in the knowledge of god rather than burnt offerings but like adam they have trespassed against the covenant they have dealt treacherously against me gilead is a city of workers of iniquity with a, uh, a tract of blood um and as raiders wait for a mine uh, for a man so band of priests murder on the way to Shechem. So what he's saying when he talks about Gilead is that it's unstable. It's a, it's a city of the workers of iniquity. And uh, he, he uh, the word there, tract, is the same word for that translated deceit over there. So you see it's a kind of an interesting word and just, just has to do with an uns, unstable, uh, uncertain, slippery slope in which the mind is capable of follow, following. He goes on in that verse, the heart of man um, is more deceitful than all else and desperately sick. And that word that's translated there, sick, is, is translated, uh, when he talks about being desperately sick, uh, is translated um, incurable wounds many places in the New Testament. That there is a wound in the heart, your heart, in my heart, that not only is slippery and uncertain, but that it is um, festered, it's wounded, and it's uh, uh, wounded in such a way that it is not easily, you can't heal it. You can't really reason with it or heal it. And, um, and uh, he goes on to say, who can know it? Who can know the, the incurability of the, of the heart, the wound of the heart, the, the slippery slope that uh, that we that the heart is on he goes on to say who can know it or who can perceive it or who can understand it all that and, and i know it's probably somewhat confusing but it just paints a picture that our heart is easily led astray is not stable and not not um predictable maybe 
uh, not able to, to maintain a steady course unless God, who knows the heart, is able to come in and work in the heart and, and make it somewhat stable. And of course, you need to go to the scriptures. You need to have the Spirit of God working in your life. That's one reason why, and I appreciate, Eric, I'm mentioning that this morning about the Word. That's one reason why you need to get into the Word. I realize that we're talking about the Word is not magic, but at the same time, it is inspired, and God gives us His Word. If we'll take it and read it and study it, He can use it in our hearts and lives, and He can help bring some stability, which is, which is new. One more verse dealing with the heart is found over... And this one you will know right away in, in Romans chapter 1, where, uh, yeah, let me just, let me, these, I have a new Bible and the page is real thin, so it takes a while to turn it, but there we go. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 1, and uh, it begins verse 18, you're familiar with the passage, where it talks about the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Here, we're dealing with the wrath of God, which, believe me, is, is a very serious thing. When God gets hot, you don't want to be at the object of, of his wrath. And he is very hot and he is very angry. And you know what makes him hot and angry? It's when people refuse his truth, when they push it down, when they reject it, and that's what he says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness, because that which is known about God, which they have in their innate being, because God revealed himself in creation, he's revealed himself, and so they have some kind of knowledge, but that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident within them, but since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, both his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, so that everybody that's on this planet is without excuse. And Paul tells us back over in chapter 3, that even though men are without excuse, there's none righteous, no, not one, there's none that understand, there's none that seek God, all have turned aside. Every single person on the planet has turned their back on that. But here it says... Um, because that which is known about God is evident within them, God made it evident to them. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen and understood through has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or give thanks, but they came futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. So here you have even a worse condition, those that have rejected the Lord and rejected his truth. Their foolish heart, fool in the Bible is a word that's used of a person who's not a believer. He turns his back on the truth. And these people who are foolish, their heart has been become dark, become dark. They are without light. They're given over to error. They make and formulate false religions and stuff like that. And so the heart is a is a and I appreciate Eric pointing that out this morning, but that's a sense a very area of real sensitivity. And I think we just need to be aware that we want to put our heart and our life in an environment where God's word can renew our mind. And that's a good thing. It means to renew that which is, is uh, decaying, that which is dead, that which is without life. God's word can renew that mind, renew the passions, because it is his inspired truth. And the spirit of God can take that and, and to give us hope 
You know, Jesus talked about joy a lot. And uh, yet sometimes our life doesn't have that joy. And a lot of times it's because we're focusing on things other than the Lord and his truth. And uh, so we want to do that. We want to be an example of those who love the Savior and follow him and surrender to him, put him first. I want to be that example, and I know you do too. So um, our hearts, we know the condition of our hearts. We cannot look within ourselves to formulate very accurate direction. We want to go to the Word and to invest our hearts and lives there in the things of God and let the Lord give us a new heart within us, create a new heart within us so that we can be pleasing to Him and be a good witness. Does that make sense? It's, it's really, it's the life that is self-focused is not very attractive, but the life that is has surrendered to the Lord and is that He's first is very attractive, and God uses our witness like that. So I think that's important. So that's what I wanted to share with you. I've been thinking about that this morning, and the fact that uh, you you uh, woke up my heart this morning, Eric, and I, I, I appreciate you doing that. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to we've come before the table of the Lord. This uh, table is the family in the scripture. The meal was the place of most intimate and fellowship and uh, genuine fellowship. And uh, I was listening to R.C. Sproul, he was talking about that. He said, when you take somebody out to dinner, it's one thing. But if you bring them into your family, into your home, and you're together there at an intimate occasion, that is real rich in fellowship and real rich in uh, communion. And that's what the Lord, this is his, we're his family. And uh, we have been invited by him to come and to partake of the elements. Partaking of the elements is symbolic of our partaking of him. That's an intimate ingestion of the person of our Savior. And so we come to do that, and the scripture tells us to examine our hearts so that we don't come with motives that are blasphemous, maybe, or self-focused, or thinking about other things that are or planning for other things when we come with a heart that is that is in submission to and self-examining. So I'm going to open in prayer. Um, before I do, do we have somebody go do the elements? Okay. I'm going to open in prayer. And then after I, I'm not going to close it, but I'm going to sit down. Rick, do you mind after giving people a chance to pray, and then you can close, close the prayer time. Is that right? Okay. Dear Father, thank you for your goodness to us. I feel like I'm out of breath because I've been running at the mouth for a while, but the things we're saying are really important. And uh, I thank you that that you have worked in our lives and in our hearts to make us more like the Savior. And I am very, very thankful to you for that. And I just ask you to continue to work in my life and my heart and in our lives and our hearts. And uh, I'm not sure if people get tired of me confessing my sins to you because I just see such a, a vast difference between where I am and where I should be. But I really pray that you'll help us to love you and to honor you and to serve you and, and to put you first. We have a lot on our plate here at the church that's good. And I can see your hand working and I see what you're doing in the lives. You're talking about things that we need to do and the dates that we want to set. This is your work. And we are your people. And so I pray that you'll help us to be submissive 
to you and sensitive to you. And tonight, as we come around this table as your family, your children, and we we look at each other, we love each other, we're we're part of the family. We, in fact, I've had several say to me that the church family is a closer relation to them than their biological family. And uh, that's true, very true. I can testify to that as well. And so there is an intimacy here, a fellowship as we're gathered around the, the feet of the Lord Jesus from that, that uh, last Passover first communion that uh, it's a good fellowship. And we are, we are delighted to be here with you and we're delighted that you have stooped to be with us. And so we ask your blessing from this time. Help us to confess anything in our lives that is a distraction or detour that the time together would be sweet and would be an honor to you.